For this episode, I was invited to the studios of Industrial Park Productions to talk with Raven Blue and Jeff McLennan about their upcoming short film, Homeless, set to debut at the Third Shift Contemporary Arts Festival this coming week. We talk a bit about the learning curve of filmmaking, the importance of collaboration within their team, and why they plan to keep pushing into new projects. So sit back, sip your poison, and enjoy the ride. I'm Kalen Capson, and this is a Peg and Place Exercise. It was like a collection of things. I mean, you and I have been playing music together yeah. for a very long time. What photography is added to that as well? Yeah, it's a combination of different things that we were, we're both into. Like we both like taking photographs. We're both into street photography. We're both into making music. Like we had done a third shift project for 2015. That's so we right. We kind of got yeah. the bug to to do something. We did a project there that was very simple. It was kind of like a slideshow. You know, we wrote one song. It was 10 minutes long, and Jeff drew pictures That's and right. it was all projected onto a brick wall. So it was this relatively simple project. We did put a lot of work into it, but it was simple. Um, but it got us thinking about other things we could do in the future. So we knew like last year we, we actually applied to get this project in the third shift, but you know, there's always, it's kind of competitive. There's lots of other people and I think they wanted to give other people an opportunity. So we were kind of relieved that we didn't yeah. get in. We really, when we wrote up the project, sometimes when I put the proposal together, I'm thinking kind of secretly, I don't know if I have time for this. And I just put all the craziest stuff in there and then see if they'll accept it. So I was kind of relieved because we started out thinking it would just be, you know, street photography, pictures, basically a slideshow with music. Was kind yes, of that's right. Simple yeah. idea. And we had both independently been taking pictures, street photos for quite a while, for years. So I had been taking some more recently in another project. We'd go around and just take pictures of certain streets and we started kind of discovering the neighborhoods. I think that's what got me interested was just a feeling of being in different neighborhoods. You know, like every neighborhood you go to has a certain feeling to them and you want to be able to capture that feeling. And that's the problem I was trying to solve is how do you capture that feeling? Because a, a still photo can capture a little bit, but it would be nice to have a way of doing film in a, just a very short clip to capture even in five seconds, just the feeling of that neighborhood. And there might be people walking. So we did some test shooting last year, driving around in a car with a phone. Yes, that's you know, right. <laughs> figuring out the style of shooting we wanted and the type of shots we wanted and just kind of like fumbling around and figuring out how we wanted to do it. And But then Jeff suggested that it might be more interesting if there's an actual person in the shots. That like a character around. Like, you know, yeah. for people to carry through with the film, you know? Yeah. And that kind of changed the game because then I got in touch with Kara and she was interested in the project. And then we did some test shooting with her and then we realized, okay, this is, there's going to be something special about it because it's there could be a little storyline to it as well. And then so the project got bigger and bigger. And then when we weren't accepted into third shift we were relieved because it's like wow we get a whole other year to work on it and then like you saw the drone shots like there's drone shooting and then there's music we we wrote four songs to go with it there's a lot of pieces to put together so it was nice to have a year but really we we didn't really do a lot through the winter it wasn't until maybe like april that we started going full on back into shooting again and uh working on the music and then when we got word that we were accepted into third shift then it was like 
oh shit, now we really have to. <laughs> yeah, now we really, <laughs> we really have, have to, to do something. We've going. got a deadline and we've got to get it done. And we added a lot of yeah. different elements yeah. too. There's music, there's the filming, and then yeah. there's animation, yeah, and dancing, and all kinds of. Yeah, you'll see these little blips now and then. That we Jeff had been working on these little animations that go. You'll see them appear, but <laughs> when they're played back at 24 frames a second, they you go know, by it's super like, quick. It's one second. But that's part of the idea that's happening yeah. in the film is that she's having these visions uh, and they're kind of leading her to another place. We're kind of following uh, some of the themes in ancient mythology. Yeah. The idea of like, the vision quest or the hero's journey where, you know, you're getting glimpses of, a, of another world and you will get kind of called into that world. And then you have moments of self-discovery and then you discover something and bring it back to the regular world. And that's kind of the, the arc of a lot of those stories. But we thought it would be fun to tell that story from kind of a female perspective as well. Because usually these are all happening with the boys coming of age. So with Kara in the film, it was nice to have a, that being retold from a female perspective. And then also we um, were lucky to get Kim Atkinson, who plays the shaman character. And I don't know if you, you've probably seen, everybody's seen her. She's <laughs> yeah. always busking on that corner. So we did the show shoot on that same street corner. But Kim is, is a, a real life shaman. And I mean, in Kara, um, in a lot of ways, wasn't necessarily acting. She was just kind of showing up and being who she is. And I think that's, a lot of us feel the same way about the project is that we're really just, we're kind of living the project that we're doing in a lot yeah. of ways. It, it was a really neat, neat team of people that were working on it you know that we all have really different backgrounds yeah another aspect that we brought into the piece too was the hobo language the whole idea yeah. of the hobo language which existed uh when hobos were traveling on train in the 40s and stuff in the states and in canada they would leave little symbols so that people other hobos who were in the area would know you know information about a certain area whether or not it was a good place to eat or if the owner was angry and stuff like that so a lot of the animations actually originated from the whole idea of sam and i talking about hobo language and and how uh, Kara's character, when she's in the film, is trying is always trying to find some place to go. It was just really interesting uh, aspect that we brought into it as well.
what made you decide to use those huge sweeping shots that I said about earlier, like the, the drone shots of yeah. Siskei, which it's were... a good question. I mean, it was a good decision, I think. I'm, you know, yeah. Well, I think we figured out early on, like probably last year, that we wanted the film to have four parts. And I guess part one would be like in the introduction to the city. You know, it's kind of like setting the tone of, of the city. And so, you know, if you're new to St. John and you're driving here for the first time, the three things you might notice first off are natural wonders. Yeah, natural beauty and then industrial giants you know like huge smokestacks and cranes and and then the, the third thing would be aging victorian neighborhoods yeah you know, church old spires but we wanted to sort of capture that the whole feeling of being in a city that has that weird mix of natural beauty and then industrial stuff kind of everywhere around it and i think it's also goes with the feeling of the film that you have this person who's we don't really know what's happening to her you know but that she's having some kind of a crisis and she doesn't have a place to go. And so she's feeling just completely alienated. And so being in an industrial landscape like that kind of goes with that feeling of alienation. So that's how we wanted to start it off is that that kind of gritty feeling of being in in that heavy industrialized city. And that's it's definitely a very St. John feeling too. Like that's something that I think we can all, we all just sort of take it for granted living here that, you know, we're always flanked by industry everywhere, but it's definitely like a, a St. John thing, you know. It's like the have. city is a, like is a character as well yeah. in the film. And yeah. when it begins or whatever, and, and it has those sweeping drone shots, I feel like it's sort of a slow introduction to getting to Kara's character. You know, like yeah. it's like the city, the boombastic, like in- yeah. industrial city. And then it goes to a particular individual and mm. follow her character through. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. what he said. If we're going kind of from from like you know aerial view and then slowly down yeah. to the neighborhoods and then down into introspective, it's just yeah, like, like you know, it, you really in the third part of the film, part three. You know, you know by that point when she's in Seaside Park, she's following a very personal journey. Aside from that project that we worked on in the first year, third shift. I mean, this is all just. A learning process and that's really a fun thing like that mm. is really oh, fun yeah. to just yeah. learn it all and figure out how to do it like i've never done animation before but it was fun doing the drawings and putting in sam putting them together like they were all individually photographed and then placed in the film i mean it oh, was cool. it was really quite a quite a thing yeah we're all kind of doing it for the first time yeah and i think i felt all along that if there was some natural disaster and we didn't get to show the film that would be fine because making the film is much more fun than it's the process the right yeah, like i i, I just go and we'll start working on the next one yeah you know, like uh, yeah we're not gonna stop yeah we, we have fun other, we want to do more of this we have it's the really fun and a big thanks to third shift for giving us all these opportunities to showcase what we've been working on as well you know we're really excited with the live show because a lot of talent is all going to coalesce in one night and we have rosalind McPhail is going to be joining us yeah, she's professional <laughs> yeah she's her, she's the real deal and uh somehow she agreed to to join us and our ragtag team but she plays flute with uh effects we call it affected flute and i met her in um during the quality block party back in april and i sort of told her about what i do and she just came right out and said well we should collaborate and so she does what we're doing as well uh she makes films and she gathers impressions from her film and she makes the music to go yeah. with it and so she's she's been doing what we wanted to do already so we've 
yeah. learned a lot from her. She's helped me. She's had a kinda, lot of wonderful input yeah into like certain aspects of the film and like ways in which things should sound and she's just been integral with the whole thing you know and it's wonderful to have her on board and say when we have her on stage it's going to be really exciting because the flute is going to add a whole other dimension to it yeah so i'm really excited i think i'm more excited about rehearsing with her than i am even playing live like playing live is great but rehearsing and doing the, the actual collaboration in person i'm very excited about it and we're only going to get one night one night so yeah so we, we we can but have so to nail it she's with. busy she's so so busy she's got a lot on her, on her plate we're quite grateful that she was able to contribute her time to the project so what came first concept of the music or the concept of the the video or did they kind of go in tandem i'd say the music right we were yeah, like with we, the music uh, i kind of dug up an old thing from soundcloud maybe a month ago of our original jam when we first like we were jamming on this dinky little organ here and yeah uh, and i had the guitar, guitar and yeah. yeah so we did a jam that was sort of like the foundations of part one we started with the music we wrote we wrote part one and we had i had started working on the part two track uh last year and i i'd say part two three and four were kind of finished off in the past three or four months but the funny thing happened like we assumed we would write the four songs get that nailed down and then we start shooting the film and work in a very kind of logical linear progressive way nothing linear Uh, about this project no it didn't (laughs) we we (laughs) found is just as we went shooting we got ideas about what we can do with and that's the that's the best way to do it if you ask me you know like to constantly be inspired by the process yeah Yeah. it's it's great to do that it's it's tricky on a deadline but uh we've got the four songs written but they are very much inspired by our experience shooting uh you know going out and the filming lyrics especially and the music is all yeah. very much inspired directly by when we would go out and shoot that would kind of change how we feel about the music part three is probably a really good example that that song just wasn't even written at all and i think a few days after we did the shooting i started like playing with some ideas and sometimes we had a starting point where we wanted the music to go but then after shooting we got even more ideas sometimes the music also inspired how we would shoot too and we were really lucky to have nick uh work with us he's given very generously of his time for doing the drone shooting if it was 20 years ago you'd be looking at a budget of tens of thousands of dollars to hire a helicopter to do that so that's one of the advantages of making film in this day and age is different from even just 10 years ago because the cameras are more accessible to get a steady camera rig 10 years ago you'd be looking at thousands of dollars so for a bunch of novices that were making like this film and making the music and stuff like that the drone footage really gives Mm -hmm. it a professional look if you ask me it really sort of pops it really pops on the screen you know so we try to do most of our shooting early morning or late evening so that we get better light and it captures kind of the feeling of uh, of the streets yeah. and the architecture that were some nice diffused you know, light. We want to show it in other venues, other times, and other places. Yeah. Um, so we'll in the fall at some point we'll probably want to have a, a show indoors somewhere. I mean, outdoors is fun. I prefer to do it outdoors, but and you don't have the luxury of having a sound check the night before and having everything set up the way you want. So I'm kind of excited about doing an indoor one where we can have it all set up and take your time and basically make it like an installation mm. yeah so, well we are kind of bringing together a lot of things like we are we're not professional musicians we're not professional filmmakers but we come at it from an interdisciplinary angle where we we're putting a lot of different things together we have ideas 
and we just muck our way through it and and pull yeah. it together and i think we have more than the ability to pull it off given the team that we have and all the people we have we're also bringing in performance art to it as well like kara is not just an actor she is a multi-talented performer and you'll you'll know this i'm not going to give away everything in the film but you'll see by the end of the film that you know, there's a lot of talent here dakota as well he's our uh, sound engineer and our tech director for the show but he's also was lighting technician for in the part four we see the lighting change and stuff he did that for us he's a musician himself he's been integral to the live part of it and also to some of the lighting and another fun little story uh have you heard of blank banshee no uh well we didn't either but then when we were shooting at the bunkers I had, yeah i had seen the we saw oh, like yeah. blank banshee and someone was asking who is blank banshee anyway and Dakota said, well, they're they're actually a really cool band. They're like an electronic band. Uh, they're from here. And so I looked them up and listened to their stuff. And I thought, that's really interesting. And found one of their tracks that had a neat kind of like spoken word passage. And I sent them a message and asked them, can we use a segment of that in one of our tracks? And they said, oh, yeah, you can use it. You know, with they're not in St. John anymore. They're in Vancouver now. And I guess they're doing an international tour i felt like it was really generous of them to just, yeah to just say just yeah, to say, sure, yeah go ahead and use it it's the uh, hometown pride you know yeah <laughs> i think so so we blended in their track uh, with, uh, with dakota's track into that transition between part three and four so you'll hear a little bit of blank banshee in there and that all came about from just seeing their graffiti <laughs> yeah i know it's super the, the whole piece is super collaborative we yeah we're not really close-minded to much you know what i mean yeah. Everything sort of just merges into this wonderful creative stew. Yeah, it's nothing like what we started out with. It's not no. a slideshow with, no. uh, of neighborhoods anymore. It's I mean, really, it, it, it combines drone footage, regular film footage, animation, performance art. It's got a little bit of everything, you know. It's fun to create. I think that's partly why we really wanted to do it with a live score. Because if you really want to have the feels, you know, for something, it's always different when you see a band live versus just playing it on your headphones you when you're playing live you do have to kind of stick your neck out a little bit and um, be in sort of a more of a vulnerable place and the film is all about being in a vulnerable place i think that's why doing it live is important and we probably will send it off to film festivals and stuff you know just as a packaged version playing live is always going to be more fun oh yeah, oh, yeah. definitely yeah. you can see that well, we've been lucky to have a little bit of a press for this too you know people have yeah. been really kind of excited for the piece to to be premiered and yeah. on the 18th and it's pretty exciting cbc did an article and yeah. the east did an article as well the telegraph telegraph did a piece yeah too, that yeah hopefully we'll yeah. have the film finished <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, pressure it's not quite finished yet actually yeah that's, that's the funniest thing yeah i think uh, with a lot of creative work I think it's also part of being in the digital age is that because you, you can always go back and make it better, but there is a point where you just get fatigued and you want to say, okay, that's enough. Mm -hmm. We're done. It's good. We're doing lots of little finishing touches, like a very simple things, getting the sound right and getting the color right and all the shots that it matches and yeah, little touches like that. But I think um, we still like to think of it as a work in progress so that if we show it you know, in another place, it might be a little bit better. You might see different shots in it as well. And people do this with music all the time, you know, that they mix mm. it up or they might have different performers. So why not do it with film as well? Yeah. Like you, you, when you see it a second time, it might not be exactly the same cut. We've, we've talked about mixing it up a little bit.
start doing it yeah don't even think don't worry about failure yeah or like or people not liking it just do it and yeah. have fun doing it really just go for it yeah. because you can why do not? it all why not right you can do a lot of stuff just on your phone nowadays you know like a yeah. lot of people will scoff at that but a uh, true story like two of the songs uh two of the four songs i started writing on my phone on yeah. the bus or in bed <laughs> you know i've got like scribbles of paper and you know i'm writing words and i've got uh, an app that i use called figure which is kind of a loop based uh, and i just love that it's just a dream that's huge and You're the right. stuff you can do with with video and photos the cameras on phones are so good now so i think any you don't anybody, need to be professional anymore yeah, you know you there's can, just no excuse not to you know? anybody can do it it's just because we've th- all learned something from this that we yeah. didn't know before. I mean, you know, and who doesn't enjoy learning, you know? Take the bull by the horns and just take it on. That's the best thing you can do. Don't try to turn it into a crazy Hollywood production. Like it's, yeah, there is a lot of value in keeping it simple. And I think we did have like some ba- basic rules about what we're not going to do. And also having a low budget, I think, is really important. Like we didn't spend a lot of money most of the budget that we have is just for rental gear and tech people for the day of the performance Mm. but for the actual film like we bought a camera and some software i got a a computer just for the editing and stuff but it's mostly just like capital cost it's good to have limitations with things you'll get more creative if you have these limitations and it's also important to uh not have a rigid vision be ready to change your vision and listen to other people's visions as well and don't rush into things just kind of take your time it doesn't have to be epic doesn't have to be fantastic i think it's good to make compromises and not be too much of a perfectionist let that some things go just want to make sure that people know when they come down on the 18th to see the premiere of the film that it's not going to be airing until 9.30. Third Shift itself starts mm. at 7 o'clock, so just because it's not going to be dark enough. So I uh, just wanted to make sure. And there's going to be three performances of the piece on Friday night. Uh, yeah. 9.30, 10.30, and 11.30. Yeah. Thank you guys for your yeah. time. Yeah, yeah thank thanks you. so much. Man. Yeah.